MSU football gets a big addition in the transfer portal, quite literally. And also, this whole Tom Izzo to the Phoenix Suns thing, that's just a joke, right? Well, probably. We're going to talk about it anyway. And then, just in general, thank you, Michigan State Basketball, for everything you guys do. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show of Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. If you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. If you want to reach out on Twitter, that would be Sheehan underscore sports. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and hey, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get off and running here during the afternoon on this beautiful Wednesday. Michigan State gets a big transfer portal commit out of Colorado by way of American Samoa. That's right, it is Jalen Sammy, a six-year player out of Colorado. And crazily enough, two years of eligibility left. Uh, shout out to the COVID year that all of these kids got. But yeah, um, again, played at Colorado, started there. Uh, one of the 219 transfers. From Deion Sanders' new program down there, and he comes to East Lansing with a lot of experience. Uh, 32 uh, starts in 36 games at Colorado the last few years. He's back-to-back All-Pac-12 honorable mention, and this is a kid that is six foot six, 330 pounds. All right, when he steps off the airplane, when he touches down in East Lansing. He's immediately the biggest defensive line that defensive lineman that Michigan State has. Uh, he's going to be even a little bigger than Derek Harmon, just by about 10 pounds here, should the roster numbers be correct. But yes, this is going to be a run-stopping force for Michigan State on the defensive line that's already looking pretty solid going into this season. I mean, all that Michigan State did here was just strengthen a strength going into this season. Now, will he start immediately? I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's going to be really hard to unseat Derek Harmon and Simeon Barrow. Uh, those are two just titanic defensive tackles. But, I mean, hey, Jalen Sammy, uh, this is going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of rotation, especially in run stopping situations. Again, let me say these numbers again six foot six, 330 pounds. You watch the tape, does a good job of keeping the pad level low, pushing those interior linemen back. And this is just a guy that's going to be disrupting a lot of the run game. And, well, in the Big Ten, yeah, that comes in handy, stopping the run games. I mean, just think of what Penn State's offense is going to look like next year with their two incredible running backs, a quarterback in Drew Aller that could run. No secret that right down the road in Ann Arbor, yeah, they got some pretty good running backs, a pretty good offensive line. That is a move that can hopefully mitigate the damage here. And also, we've talked about it up and down this offseason, secondary can use some help. All right, and it's not just all the secondary, but... Yeah, the defensive line plays a big role in that as well. It, it really helps receivers uh, and the quarterback on the other team when they have eight seconds to run around and you know kind of develop routes way downfield or improvise on the fly. Hopefully Jalen Sammy can help the interior defensive line get to the quarterback a little faster. But yes, uh, as far as spring transfer portal players go, that's a really good pickup. That is a really good pickup. Again, whether he starts or not, I don't know, but he is going to be getting a good amount of reps where it is going to seem like, well, you might as well just call him a starter, in my opinion. This guy comes here with a lot of experience, like we said, and they have strengthened a strength on the defensive line. So, 
This also gets paired up with Dre Butler, Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Jackson as well. So they absolutely bolstered their defensive line so far this season. And you add that to, you know, the guys that we've said, Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon, Maverick Hansen. Let's say they play some Tumase Adelaide in the inside as well. Again, I think that this could be a defensive line that is maybe in the upper third of the Big Ten. They really showed a lot of that last year. And yes, I know that we've been talking about, well, get defensive backfield depth. Hey, the next move in the transfer portal should be a wide receiver. But you know what? This is one of those, hey, well, let's just go get one of the best players available pickups right now. And that's what they did. And I'm never going to cry about defensive depth, especially coming off a year last year where we saw 20 Seven different starters have to play due to injury, some suspension as well. But you can never get enough depth, and that is what the spring transfer portal window is for. So Jalen Sammy, welcome to East Lansing. Hope you enjoy your one or two years here in Michigan. All right, uh, we're going to get to a few mailbag questions here. This first one comes from Michael, all right? He writes three questions, but we're going to get to the most important one first. Number one. How laughable is the Tom Izzo to the Suns thing I've heard mentioned on a national basketball podcast? As you guys know, Matt Ishbia, a great donor here. One of the great Spartan Suns that we have. Okay, massive donor here. Uh, he also owns the Phoenix Suns, if you didn't catch that, if you've been living under a rock. Um, fired coach Monty Williams. They are on the market for a new head coach. And, yeah, of course, it goes hand in hand. Hey, Ishbia was coached by Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo flirted with the NBA many moons ago. Maybe there's something there. So I, for a national podcast or even a regional podcast to throw Tom Izzo's name out, fine. It's, it might just be more for entertainment, stirring the pot purposes, or just flat-out laziness. But yeah, that is a name that is going to be popping up here and there. BetArizona.com actually has a list of the head coaching candidate odds for the Phoenix Suns. And, well, would you look at that? Tom Izzo was actually on there. Tom Izzo is on there. Uh, let's go down the list of names, though, that are on this odds board before Tom Izzo, though. Nick Nurse. All right, that's the old Toronto Raptors coach, former coach of the year. Plus 150 odds, 40% chance is what BetArizona.com is telling us. Mike Budenholzer, formerly of the Bucks, uh, plus 250. Ty Lue, plus 400. Kevin Young, he is the associate head coach of the Suns, plus 900. Doc Rivers, 19-1. Jason Kidd, 24-1. And then here comes Tom Izzo. That's right. 50-1. That is a 2% chance. And there's one other name on this list. It's Steve Nash, but... Most of the times when these odds are posted here, that, that means, uh, hey, that's going to be big names that everyone knows. We're going to go fishing for a lot of people's money here. So to have a name like Tom Izzo all the way at a smooth 50 to 1, that is bet $1 to win 50 bucks. that is certainly a launch shot. That is certainly a launch shot, and I think that's just the bookkeeper's way of uh, kind of just fishing for some money just on name recognition right there. Um, now, let's just talk about how much of reality this is, not even including the odds board. Uh, quite bluntly, it's it, the the ball is in Izzo's court here. All right, I mean, I think Ishbia looks at Izzo, and I don't think this is overstepping here, what I'm about to say. I think he looks at him like a father figure, really. Uh, there's no other way to look at it after Ishbia donates a ton of money for the football building, decides to name it the Tom Izzo football building, and just everything that he's done for the program and everything Izzo's done to him, vice versa. He's got a lot of respect for Tom Izzo. I think he's going to leave it entirely up to him to see if he even wants the job in the first place and then go from there. Tom Izzo, 
He's 68 years old. Uh, he's got a great team coming back. He's an MSU icon. Would you really want to tarnish the legacy in any sort of way? Kind of maybe sort of like what John Beeline did a few years ago when he dove down to coach the Cavaliers before he called his players a bunch of slugs and then kind of really tarnish his legacy a little bit. I, it didn't destroy it, but a little bit. It took a bump right there. I, I don't know if he would want to do that necessarily. Um, again, 68 years old, going to be turning 69 this upcoming season. At this point in your life, you're at where you're at. But let's look at the reasons why maybe Izzo would even want to coach the Suns in the first place. Uh, it's, it's no secret there's a changing landscape going on in college, a landscape that Tom Izzo has been very, very vocal about. He's seen a lot of his colleagues like Jay Wright, Coach K, Roy Williams, just flat out retire because of age, kind of, but also, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, because of how fast college basketball has changed with the transfer portal, with NIL, with uh, just even players having patience that only last maybe two minutes before they're already demanding more playing time and jumping schools here and there. Maybe he's sick of that. I don't know, who's to say? Or maybe he has regrets more than a decade ago, not leaving to go coach LeBron James at the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's got Kevin Durant on this team, another superstar. That is a NBA roster that has a championship window that's maybe only open for two-ish years, three-ish years maybe, but that might be the window that Tom Izzo is looking to coach in. So maybe he's saying, hey, I'm going to ride out my uh, sunset ride with this NBA team, and I... I don't know. That, that's the only reasons why I can think of it. Again, I, I, I think that 50-1 to 1 is the number to look at right there. I, those are just about the odds that I would give this as well. A 2% chance. So that's where we're going to leave that. Uh, if, if we hear anything else, any other rumblings, any other rumors, well, good God, you know we're going to talk about that because that, then it would get a little more serious if it's just more than a few podcasters just throwing names out there and uh, if the odds get higher than 50-1. to 1. Okay, we'll, we'll perk our eyes up and... Uh, Say, okay, we're going to talk about that a little longer. We will be back with some more questions, just some more MSU talk here in a hot second, but first need to talk your ear off about bird dogs. Gang, life-changing week for me. I got the shipment of bird dog shorts, two pairs of them on Monday, and I'm done with the old cheap short game. No question about it. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you saw bird dogs before and you're like, that is, that's, that's kind of pricey for some shorts. Slip those on. Within five minutes, I say to my wife, I'm never going back. These are versatile. You can go out on your lunch date, come back to the office, work at your home office or your real office if you got a shorts dress code policy, and then go play some beach volleyball, go for a workout, do it all in the same pair of shorts. They're stylish, comfortable, versatile. They are lined with that compression short feeling, just the right amount of suggness. You feel comfortable, you look good, and you have a pair of shorts that is high quality on your legs. They are going to last you for quite some time. And hey, gang, best of all, they're going to throw in something free for you as well. Go to birddogs.com slash college, And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash college. Now let's jump back into the show here. Uh, we're going to keep on going down the list of questions that Michael left us. Top three tailgating foods. We'll spend a short amount of time on this. 
Just a burger for number one. I like the burger. It's handheld. It's not messy. You're not having like just your know, rib uh, sauce all over your side. You know, it keeps you clean and it's also very filling for a day ahead. Breakfast burrito number two, especially if it's a noon kickoff tailgate in the morning. Very easy to hold on to. It tastes great. It also soaks up a lot of the booze you're going to fill yourself with. May, maybe. I'm not going to speak for yourself here. And then number three, the tried and true hot and ready pizza from my favorite place in the world, Little Caesars. Um, God, that's not even an that's just me talking about them for the love of the game uh number three question biggest surprise guy this year in football like Cal Halliday coming out of nowhere to start as a freshman uh all right well Kind of a tougher question than what it would have been in the middle of last year. You know, before guys like Dylan Tatum, Malik Spencer, Jaden Mangum were getting playing time because those would be good candidates, but I don't think any of those three are going to be quote-unquote surprises this year just because we all know their names now after they had to play and and many times start the second half of last season so I'm going to go with a name that's kind of getting some attention around it you know secondary guy cornerback Caleb Coley young guy fresh or redshirt freshman Um, he's been perking some uh, some eyebrows up in the air he has been getting some eyeballs on him in spring practice and Look, look, quite bluntly, this is a position group where it's not like anyone has their starting position uh, just on, on a death grip, you know, like you can't take it from them. No, there are starting reps to be had here, and Caleb Coley, I think, is a name that we got to keep our eye on. Another one uh, as well, and the other two are two receivers because, well, after Keon Coleman leaves, after Jaden Reed leaves, it's kind of just a, we'll blow this position up and let's just start from scratch here. I mean, Trey Mosley, he's going to have a spot somewhere in that starting rotation, but I, Tyrell Henry, right? I, I think he did a fantastic job last year, not just at receiver. Yeah, he didn't really do too much at receiver, but what we saw from him in the return game is what I want to focus on here. We went quite some time without having a solid returner at Michigan State. We really went through the Keyshawn Martin era to the Jaden Reed era. And in between all that was nothing really great in the return game. I don't think the drop-off between Jaden Reed and Tyrell Henry is going to be that drastic. Now, I want to stop myself here and and clarify. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to be Jaden Reed next year. Like, now you see, still a young player. But... I think at the end of this year, going into next year, I think we're going to see some great things from him in the return game, some long returns. He has great vision in kickoff returns, in punt returns. So I really am comfortable with passing the baton from Jaden Reed to the young Tyrell Henry. And then for the third guy, dare I say Antonio Gates Jr., this is a guy that got as many wide receiver reps as, as me and you did last year. I mean, he was kind of sort of totally forgotten about last year, really did not see the field at all. But spring game looked pretty okay. It seems to be that he has some pretty established rapport with Noah Kim, a guy that could very well be the starting quarterback. I mean, you know, he's got the NFL father pedigree, of course, a former four-star player. And, hey, just to bring it full circle to the topic of conversation, there are going to be some serious reps to be had at the wide receiver position, especially if Michigan State... Keep swinging and missing in the spring transfer portal window for another receiver. So it could very well be Antonio Gates Jr. in that third receiver spot or fourth receiver spot. So, yeah, that's the three names I got for you. Caleb Coley, Tyrell Henry, and Antonio Gates Jr. 
Matt C. writes in at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, and this wasn't really a question, but it's a topic of conversation that we want to hit on here. I know Tucker has been quiet this offseason, but at least he has some self-awareness that all the gimmicks look terrible when you're losing. And what Matt C. is alluding to is something we touched on a little bit a few episodes ago, is that like Mel Tucker, compared to where he was a year ago or two years ago, kind of radio silent on the whole social media thing. Right? I mean, we're not doing the cigar pics. We're not taking uh, photo shoots with our shoes. We're not doing Ask Me Anythings on Twitter. We're not doing uh, our own podcast. Um, which, hey, wow. Th- th- thanks for you know leaving some space for, for me on here. Really appreciate you, Mel. Um, but yeah, so he also goes on to write Remember, Harbaugh came in with signing of the stars, etc., underachieved, and then didn't win anything until he went in the submarine. We're going to find out if he's a good coach this year. We all need to stop fretting. I have. Been very back and forth on what I think of Mel Tucker and like just his whole presence on social media because that is something we lauded him for when he first came in here. Just his marketing acumen, getting the name Michigan State out as much as possible by any means necessary. I mean, this guy was on the road or marketing this program eight days a week. Uh, Bird watching with Mel, if you will. Hey, here's what I'm grilling today, guys. I mean, it's all great. Let's get to know each other. Ask me some questions and. A 5-7 and seven season happens, and all that you see from him is, like, uh, go green whenever, you know, golf does something good, or uh, way to go, Spartans, like, whenever a softball player does something good. Like, it's very muted compared to what it was, and, and I do wrestle with, like, is, is that a good idea, or should we kind of be, like, trying to promote the program a little more here, like, maybe talk about the new football building some more, but I, I think... When the dust settles, when I actually you know, collect my thoughts, I, I think I agree with Matt C. here. And that it probably is a little good that you're just going on the more safe side of things. I mean, you would be opening yourself up to maybe some criticism or flat out just a lot of trolls, a lot of Michigan fans, Penn State fans, fans from all over that don't like Mel Tucker. If you did like a, hey, ask me anything, or hey, here I am on my back deck smoking a cigar after a 5-7 and seven season and only having a recruiting class that has three people in it, like that that would be a bad look. So I think, so to speak, Mel is in that submarine, if you will, just battening down the hatches and not putting himself out there because, well, if you do that, especially with uh, as vulnerable as, as you are as a program right now ahead of a big season coming up, you could open up yourself to shenanigans that, that you don't want so yes it, it kind of just bothers me a little bit but when I actually sit to think about it maybe it's just for the better to shut your mouth on social media and maybe that's a lesson I'll learn one day myself but not any time soon uh your ego he writes in that we're going off the board here for Spartans I actually love this uh if you had to choose between the two and only these two who is the better coach for the Pistons that's right some locked on Pistons talk for you right now we'll go through this really quick Kevin Ollie or Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers just got fired the other day from the 76ers, of course. Uh, Kevin Ollie won the national title at UConn and then stunk out loud after that. He's with Overtime Elite, I think. Um, that little semi-pro circuit or maybe just a straight-up pro circuit. Who's to say? I, give me Kevin Ollie, I guess. I'm not thrilled about it whatsoever, but I, I can't trust Doc Rivers to make me a, a cheese sandwich with a glass of water correctly. I if I got to watch that man take a good roster and squander that opportunity one more time, like, I, no, it's it's not going to be here in Detroit when I watch it. So, Kevin Ollie, I guess. Good Christ, what a what a pair of options right there. Hunter writes in, how many melting moment ice cream sandwiches do you think you could eat in the duration of an MSU football game? 
if it's a September game and we're cooking at like a low 80 degrees, uh, I think I could smash eight of them. I think I gonna hit. I think I think I can throw down eight of them. And what's gonna stop me here is is the ice cream, not like the sugar, but like the dairy aspect of it. Um, quick story time with Matt right here. Uh, back freshman year, I thought this was like cool for some reason or something that would impress people. Uh, I, I ate an entire box of Golden Grams. I think it was like a family value size too. Uh, in the Holmes cafeteria, from start to finish, went through the whole box. But what really got me at the end was just how much milk I was consuming. Uh, we were on like six bowls of milk, and that's when it really started to, to get hard there. I think that's where you'd run into the issues with the mo- melting moments. It's just just how much dairy you're throwing into your gullet. But yeah, give me eight in September, and if it's a cold game, like November game, I'll scale down to five, something like that. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to go back to talking like Pistons right now. We're going to go back to talk about all things Detroit basketball. And we are going to tie this in with Michigan State basketball as well. And I'm sorry. I meant we're going to tie this into all things Detroit sports. Because Tuesday night, I, I really had a, another moment of gratitude for Michigan State. You know, both our programs, like football has had great moments up and down, whatever. But mostly basketball, just for being a mainstay here. Because on Tuesday night... And I'm speaking to all the Detroit sports fans, uh, the ones that root for the Pistons, Lions, Red Wings, and Tigers, and also the Spartans. Uh, you know what? Because I, I get it. We do have a lot of Chicago listeners. There's a great Chicago base amongst MSU alumni. I, I mean, you guys could probably commiserate with us too on this. I, sorry, Bears aren't really anything special. Uh, the Blackhawks, yeah, they're fine, whatever. Your baseball teams are, eh, well, whatever. Um, the Bulls, sure, playing games are fun, I guess, but. Tuesday night, lottery results come out. You already know it by now. The Pistons, uh, despite having the worst record in the NBA last year, despite having the top odds to get the number one pick and a generational player in Victor Wembenyama, oh no, we're actually going to slide down to fifth. And it is just another pit of despair for us Detroit sports fans because, hey, here's this great opportunity to not be the laughing stock of the league. And, oh, <laughs> There it goes. So there goes another great stretch for the Pistons there. No division title since 2008. All right, no playoff series wins since 2008. Only one season above 500 since 2008 as well. It doesn't get any better amongst the three other sports. The Detroit Tigers, nine years since they won the AL Central. They have been below 500 in seven of the last eight years. This is a rebuild that is now spanning like multiple presidencies now. That goes with the Pistons as well. Uh, Red Wings, no division title since the 2010-2011 season. Seven years since they've made it to the playoff. Ten years since they've even won a playoff series. And the Detroit Lions, I, look, goes without saying, I, I, I am a, a old, wrinkled, 31-year-old man. I have not seen them win the division in my life. I have not seen them win a playoff game in my life. And I get there's a lot of optimism this season. Like, yeah, surely that's just going to go great and nothing bad is going to happen this year. When have the Lions ever let us down? But it's been a decade of misery here in Detroit. And I just don't know how we do it. Oh, wait, I do know. It's for our college teams. All right, Michigan State football in the span of all these playoff win droughts. Because, look, since 2010, 
There's only been two playoff wins in the city of Detroit. The Red Wings and Tigers both won in 2013. And since then, you got your Rose Bowl, your Cotton Bowls, uh, your Big Ten titles, all that good stuff. But the continuity of Michigan State basketball is what is keeping us sane. All right, since, since 2010, five Big Ten regular season titles, four Big Ten tournament titles, three Final Fours, 11 draft picks. So not only are we just you know winning with fun teams, we're being treated to some special players as well. And this is really sticking out to in an era of Detroit sports where I don't even really know who the face of the city is. There are not a lot of great options. Like, I guess the, the one-legged Miguel Cabrera could be one. Oh, that's a lot of fun to watch in 2023. Um, Jared Goff, Aiden Hutchinson are fine. You know, they're good. I, no one really sticks out for the wingers for me. And I, the Pistons... Please, come on, guys. Let's let's have an adult conversation here. Also, three Big Ten Players of the Year since 2010 for MSU Basketball. Six All-Big Ten first-team members. And let's just talk continuity here. Since 2010, the city of Detroit sports, the, the core four, 16 coaching changes going on 17 with the Detroit Pistons since 2010. There have been 16 coaches since 2010 amongst the four teams. MSU basketball, just one guy. Just one guy, and that man's name is Tom Izzo. So thank you, Michigan State basketball. I know all you guys are listening, everyone in the offices, all the coaches, the assistants, the trainers, especially the players. I know they never miss an episode of Lockdown Spartans, but no, truly thank you guys for what you've done since 2010 of just being a mainstay of a solid program. Where like even your worst seasons are still getting to the NCAA tournament. All right, we are blessed as Michigan State fans to have something to rely on. Because I'll tell you what, it's not Detroit sports. And that makes me sad because, like, growing up, like like the, the, the good, um, you know, dweeby kid that will eventually have a podcast does, sports really molded my adolescence, my childhood as well. And we are going again. Since 2010, just two playoff series wins total against the four teams. I don't know how kids like that are sports crazed in high school are doing it right now if it wasn't for Michigan State, for example, because that is a lot of losing. That is nothing to be excited about. And that really makes me sad that they don't experience like playoff baseball chases. They don't experience great playoff hockey. They don't experience like the 04 going to work Pistons runs. Like they they got nothing to look forward to amongst the pro sports teams. So Again, I'll say it one more time. I've, I've said it 15 times already. Thank you very much, Michigan State basketball, for just being a rock for us when the, the professionals, good God, can't get anything remotely close to relevancy done. I just, I, I hate it here in Detroit, but I love it here in East Lansing. So there we go. Gang, uh, I, I can't tell if that was a sunny way to end this episode or not. That. that any, you know what, if you're a glass half full person, you're skipping out of here. If you're a glass half empty, you're kind of moping out of here like Eeyore. Uh, I apologize for that. We will be back on tomorrow's episode. I think it's going to be another solo show. Uh, we decided to give all of our guests the week off here. We'll be hitting it hard with guests next week. But, uh, hey, any news that breaks here in the near future, you know where to find us. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Reach out with your questions. Also, just a LockedOnSpartans show. Love you all. Go Green.